a dick gets the gavel, the groom a boomer campaign, and equality and war propaganda. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story, the House of Representatives finally has a new speaker. Republican House Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana has been handed the gavel. And yes, you heard that correctly. The House of Assholes has chosen a Johnson as its leader. And everyone was super excited about and eager to get back to work, starting with the newly elevated dick in charge who in his, during his first speech to the House and to the American people said this. He said, we're going to dispense with all of the usual ceremonies and celebrations that traditionally follow a new speakership because we have no time for either one. The American people's business is too urgent in this moment. The hour is late. The crisis is great, Johnson asserted. Not inserted, not Johnson inserted, Johnson asserted. I don't want to go down any wrong paths here. Johnson wasn't the only House member horny for some congressional action, as many of his fellow Republicans in the House made the rounds in the media, excitedly assuring the American people that after three long weeks with no leadership and no action, that it's now time for the House to get back to work for the American people. That was a statement that you heard all of them say over and over again, time to get back to work for the American people. And of course, by American people, they mean Israel. Time to get back to work for Israel because the first action they urgently took after electing their new speaker wasn't even about America domestically. It was a resolution they passed showing the House unified support for Israel. So that's what it looks like when the House of Representatives is working for the American people. It looks like they're working for Israel or Ukraine, or any other foreign war that they're dying to fund, which they make a higher priority than actually serving the domestic needs of the American people who elected them. It's what they've always done. The trick after that is they simply have to then propagandize the American people into believing that putting the funding of foreign wars above the needs of the American people is actually the only way to serve the needs of the American people. It's like telling your wife that the only way you can satisfy her desires is by banging the lady down the street. You have to bang the lady down the street for democracy. If you don't bang her, you're going you're gonna to be putting us all at risk. Putin is going to invade our house, invade our bedroom, and his Russian army is going to gang rape you. That's why you have to bang the woman down the street for democracy worldwide. That is what the reasoning is. In all, it's just backward use of, of propaganda to try and they, they consistently do the same thing. We fund foreign wars and we're unified on that. Internationally, domestically, we divide and conquer and we brainwash the American people into thinking our international war agenda is their own personal private agenda. So I guess after three weeks with no speaker and none of our money being sent over to Ukraine or Israel, we are finally back to business as usual in the House with this weird new speaker that nobody knows anything about. So that's, that's an interesting thing, Stella. You, you probably haven't heard much about the new speaker over there, but he's a guy that nobody really heard of and he has a very generic name. And he hasn't been around that long, which is perfect for them because they can all fight to mold and shape his public perception uh, in the public mind. And they can newly compromise him. So they probably have all these exciting ways they're trying to get this guy, if he hasn't already, to you know, cheat on his wife or uh, uh, spend a bunch of money on gambling. Just, just all the fun ways the CIA likes to try and get their control over everybody else. And speaking of assholes in the house, did you hear the story over there about the guy in the House of Representatives who pulled the fire alarm and claimed that it was an accident and that he thought it was going to open the door 
<laughs> that, that that was. Did you hear about that story? Was he happened to be a dark skinned gentleman? He is. He's a he's a black guy, and okay, I, he- okay. I heard today that he is the newest member of what they call the squad over here, which is four progressive chicks. And I'm like, what? They're bringing a dude in the squad? That's unless he's gay. They, they don't need to be doing that, I think. And I don't think he's gay. But the interesting thing about that guy is that he was a principal of a, I think, a middle school or a high school for 10 years where, no doubt, there were countless number of times that students pulled the fire alarm and then gave him a bullshit excuse about it. And here he is, not knowing how fire alarms work. I, he, I guess he never had to open a door there, but I didn't know this before. But apparently... It's on video because they did an investigation into it. He pulls the fire alarm, and then he sprints away, passing multiple Capitol Police officers in the process. Like, and he's saying it was an accident. So I guess every time this guy thinks he's using a weird lever to open a door, he immediately sprints in the opposite direction. I mean, yeah, you know, he, he did this, and then his people put out talking points that called Republicans that said that he did it on purpose to stop a vote Nazis. Like they literally called people who said that he did it on purpose Nazis afterwards. It was a great story. I want you to respond and there's a little bit of an update to it. Okay, first of all, are we okay on Rockfin? Because it's not, I'm oh, not shit. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it'll anyway, catch well, up. Well, good well you though. mop up that mess. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, the yeah. one time I don't wait for that little red light, I, I, I miss the little red light. Thank you, Stella. You missed that little red light. Uh, yeah, well, speaking of little red lights, look, if this guy, I'd love to see the inside of this guy's house. He must have a really funky decorated house. I'd love to see all these doors. They must yeah, all no, have it's, like, yeah, it's all like fire secret, alarm like, uh, library doors that, from 1930s movies and shit with the way yeah. it opens giant levers. Um, you know, me being me and my um, ultra conspiratorial mode, uh, I would probably link that to some kind of, um, apart from just a distraction, always multifaceted, um, some kind of a symbol, a ritual, a um, yeah, symbolic of s- telling somebody something. I, I think it tells his, it tells his constituents that if you continue to vote for me after this. <laughs> okay. you are truly stupid and I can get away with anything. I mean, we're, we're to the point where people are pulling fire alarms, sprinting in the other direction, going, anybody who thinks that I did that on purpose and didn't think it was a door handle is a Nazi. I mean, this is a ridiculous stage in reality that we've reached. It sort of reminds, it's kind of in the same ballpark as the John Fetterman clothing thing, you know. I mean, to me, it's just just more frayed edges that they're creating, you know, so it looks so fragile and weak that people just lose their confidence Absolutely. in the structure. So it's crazy. Or Diane Feinstein, who was in, in, in power in the Senate until the day she died, even though she didn't have power of attorney over her own life because... I think she was still in power while she was dead. She, still, she, she might still be the like senator, it. I think. Yeah. Mm. For all okay. We know. She may be. I would like to see John Fetterman give an address to Congress with a ball gag in his mouth and assless chaps. I think they need to double, triple down on the wardrobe because you're right. It has gotten absurd. But this dude, what was his name again? Bowman. Bowman is that guy's name, the new squad member. He got actually charged and prosecuted, and they charged him 
which is great. Finally, even though it's one misdemeanor he got charged with, but it's better than nothing. They charged him with willfully and knowingly uh, pulling a, a false a, a false fire alarm in violation of the D.C. code. And he was ordered to appear for arraignment today. And he's going to have to pay a $1,000 fine and issue a formal apology to the Capitol Police if he wants to have the charges dropped. So I'm looking forward to that formal apology that he gives him. Maybe he'll say, screw you. You're all Nazis for doing this to me. You racist. I, I would expect something like that. I just can't get over the disappointment at the fact that they just didn't give the um, job of speaker to a drag queen. I mean, why not? Where's all the people that should be jumping up and down about that? Maybe this guy will c- come to surprise us and he'll That is up. true. We don't know what he's got in his closet. Yeah, I wanted one of those sex bots on Twitter to to be the speaker because I kept tweeting at all these House members who were at that alien hearing. I kept saying, we're the biologics, Nancy Mace. You said you were going to the skiff to see the biologics from the dead non-human intelligence pilots from these UFO crafts. Nobody showed me the biologics, and none of them responded. But every single time I said biologics, I got one of those cute little Asian sex bots to like it every single time. So if they're interested in the same thing I am, I say Asian sex bot as Speaker of the House. So let me ask you this, Stella. Do you guys have similar woke ridiculousness that goes on in y'all's culture over there? It's not quite so prominent. Um, they've tried, but you know this is Australia, <laughs> yeah. so good luck with that. Um, you know, in the in the uni scene and everything, I would imagine it's much um, more prominent. Gosh, there's some heavy weather outside. I hope that's not creating a background no, noise. I mean, I, okay. my hair just stood up a little bit, so the lightning. <laughs> yeah, know, it's coming really through. Uh, yeah, the uni scene and everything, I'd imagine that would be fairly wokey and, you know, blue haired and all that sort of thing, because a lot of them are, um, it's very mixed cultured as well. So, you know, they're just going to go along with anything <laughs> because right. it's, they've probably so, got a whole bunch of carrots given to them when they came in. So to ensure of a vote and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I have a video that I want to show you as an advertisement. I've had it for a little while. I've been waiting until the next time you were on the show and, I don't have an understanding that much of the background of what this referendum – there was a referendum, a voice referendum earlier this month yes. in Australia. It was like mm-hmm. vote yes to change the constitution or vote no not to or something like that. Correct. And if I'm assessing this correctly, would a yes vote be the woke vote? Absolutely, 100% yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought so. <laughs> All right. So this advertisement. Which I, I maybe you've heard is from a Berlin creative, Richard Bernie and John Linton. They were not happy with the way the th- this issue was being discussed before the vote. They wanted to inject some humor into it, and so they put together this two and a half minute ad that they hoped would spur many of the older people over there to vote yes because. Most of them were voting no on it, and I, I want to show it to you. Have you, have you seen this? this I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about, so probably no. Seven people. I don't. I really. Yeah. No. I, if it, yeah. is this on telly? Like a. I don't know. I, I saw it in some article, and I, I ripped okay. it off of that right. article. So, so it's a comedy thing. It's probably not. All right. All right. Let me make sure you got some volume up here. 
Yeah. After watching the ad, I was like, I think these are the woke people over there. Not recognizing the dude, so probably no. 27 people over the age of 50 are going to vote no. 27%. 27 people. No. It's three out of four people over the age of 50 are voting no. That could be our parents, our aunties, our uncles. How do we stop them? Well. So I said, Mum, okay, I'll change it. I'll change Usher Paul's out. They put a graphic up on screen right there with the title of the advertisement, and it's called Groom a Boomer. It's a Groom a Boomer campaign. Take it back a second there. Which, when they showed this woman here on screen, I'm like, oh, there's a boomer, but apparently she's not a boomer. So I said, Mom, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll get this right. <laughs> change it. I'll change your iPad back from Danish to English if uh, you read this little booklet on The Voice. <laughs> your uncle. Your dad, your mum. You might be living in a house full of no's, living in a house of closet home no's. If you've got parents voting no, go to their house, find this, get rid of it, give it back to them. <laughs> but it's the only chance to actually have a real conversation with them. So, we got talking. He was holding a remote. Take the remote away from your, uh, your parents who just want to watch a little. They just want to torture the, the older people. <laughs> back a little bit here conversation with it. So, we got talking. I said, it's just really simple. You just say yes. About 122 years ago, a whole stack of these white guys decided to make this <laughs> thing called the Constitution. They forgot to include First Nations and women, you know, they were the only ones who could vote. So, yeah, we need to amend it. We vote yes, amazing things could happen. Kathy Freeman, out of retirement, wins 10 more gold. Ernie Dingo, out of retirement, 10 more seasons of Getaway. Let's recognize the First Nations and let them have a bit of a chat, a bit of a committee called The Voice to our politicians. If nothing else works, just try crying, try begging. Kill them, okay? just kill Say, them. hey mum, hey dad, do you actually love me? because it's not looking like you love me right now, okay? Buy your dad a drone, okay? Get him, get, don't hand it over until after they've voted, right? But if they're, if they're good, they can get a drone. Give mum, I don't know, a movie. They, they like gold class, don't they? Give them a gold class ticket and say, hey, you can see Barbie this time. We're gonna take you to see Barbie. I'm sorry you didn't like the bomb movie. It's Barbie time. You know, if we vote yes, they get to tell their story you know, instead of us doing it. You ever had your mum tell one of your jokes? Hey, give your dad a handshake. He loves it. Salute him. Handshake. Oh, do dads love a salute? Give the mum a hug and then salute the father. Oh, he'll be voting yes in no time. Boomer Boomer. There it is. I'd be willing to bet that none of the people, those two main guys in that commercial, I think they're the ones who created it, have a good relationship with their parents. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe it's just the general irony. See, I'm not a very good uh, social litmus test because I don't spend, I don't live in the city for a start, so it would be vastly different. And uh, I don't really go out much, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not observing the sort of the generalness of what's going on in the hub. You yeah. know what I mean? But. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's total satire, and um, there's probably a lot more wokeness in the cities than I than I'm aware of. Do you think, from what you you are aware of, that 
it's a normal thing over there that maybe people who lean left, uh, the progressive side, that they just think their parents are stupid jokes. I mean, those weren't even good. They weren't even giving people good ideas. Like you can make it funny for one thing, but at least give people good ideas. He's saying, give your dad a drone. Older people don't know what the F a drone is. Like they they don't want to mess with that. They don't want to go see Barbie. So, you know, you're putting, make your jokes over actually trying to groom a boomer. If you're going to groom an effing boomer, I feel like they should give better examples. It's total satire, isn't it? <laughs> like the I whole know thing. No, it is. But the the guys who right. created it, they genuinely were hoping that it would help people convince their parents to vote no. That that's what to they said no. anyway. Okay, yeah. yeah, it was a little yeah. bit confusing. But I'd probably have oh, to no, watch wait, to, it again no, to, to vote really yes. Fully. Excuse me. To okay. Vote yes. Yeah, they wanted okay. to change it because they wanted to give a voice to the underrepresented. Is what I, I gathered from it. I think that even that was satire, though. I don't think they were – I think they were being satirical about how you get a boomer to vote yes, but they were saying this is the stupidity of it. I don't know. Maybe. I think I think the whole thing was satire. I don't know. And I think maybe that's where they missed the mark on it a little bit because there were some funny moments in there, but in the articles, like they were interviewed after making it because it got a little bit of attention, and their objective was to tell people how they could convince their parents to vote yes. Because they, they wanted to push this referendum. And they were serious through. about that, were yeah, they? they were right, seri- okay. I mean, that's what they were in the article mm. anyway. Like that moment when the, the woman was like, there, there are these white people and they forgot about the women. And well, mm. how did they describe it? The, what are they talking about with the uh, indigenous group over there? With the aboriginals? Or, yes, excuse well, me. Um, well, uh, the general narrative of the history is, you know, basically white people came and just completely... Um, were totally brutal and everything. I mean, it's like y'all's not, Native American. This is just a narrative. Yeah, yeah very similar. Yeah. Very, very yeah. similar. Okay. I got um, but, you know, there's a lot of questionable, questionable things about the actual history that we were indoctrinated with, yeah. which is coming out now. I just I did would, a, uh, I just did an episode on it fairly recently. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. But um, there's, yeah, it's, there's a lot of history that um, is definitely not taught in schools. No, they teach As everything. As we know, in <laughs> I know. They I want to state in the bleeding obvious. <laughs> yeah, nothing was untrue in school. But honestly, I I didn't know much about um I didn't I hadn't questioned much about it myself of of Australian history. It's just not it's not a place where I spent much time. I didn't really do much history at school. I did ancient history rather than more, more modern history. So um I I really didn't know a whole lot. It's very embarrassing to say, but I just you know hadn't looked into it a whole lot so I just kind of hadn't questioned it myself really yeah. hadn't looked into it and then um yeah a few things just coming up particularly with since this narr- since the uh, referendum uh people are starting to realize that even our Australian history has been quite colored let's say I, I think oh, that's was, not, yeah. that wasn't a great choice of words. <laughs> Look at you that feeding totally... that you're, you're, you sound like someone who's voting no on that referendum style like one of those racist <laughs> I absolutely didn't mean it. It's just the first word that came to mind. Let's say it's been... Um, it's a yes. referendum of colour, okay? You need to say it correctly. <laughs> the narrative of history has definitely been um, coloured in. Hotep Jesus, I think, is who... Have you heard of that guy? I have, yeah. He was apparently on Joe Rogan recently. I didn't see this. I heard it secondhand, so I might be getting it a little bit wrong. But he was apparently talking about how the first king or, or leader in Hawaii was black like after you know when we came over here and and took the country that 
there was a black leader ruling Hawaii and kind of bust up that narrative there. And then the whole family, you, you can see them. I can't remember the, the name off the top of my hand, but it, it's if you look at them, it's a black family. They might have some sort of like Kamala Harris like background. But if someone were to be like, they're not actually black because they're from this and this one, which that's the reason they look the way that they do, then you have to invalidate Kamala Harris being black because she's not an African-American technically. So I don't yeah. know. People can't make that argument. But yeah, the point is the, the, the history, you're right. It's just I've gotten to the point where it's like it, probably almost everything is going to be a grain of truth there is going to be mostly exaggerated at the least, just completely made up by the people who won control of writing it, uh, uh, most likely. And if you look at right now, the January 6th thing or any of the stuff that Trump said are the most obvious examples. But 50, 100 years from now, there's going to be children in public schools, if they still exist, being told about the insurrection of 2021 Jan 6th that changed everything about election security. And if the story that they want to push into the books wins, they'll be told that this was just this horrible 9-11-like uh, moment. And it, it, was, it was so bad that the only thing that came close to as bad as January 6th was the Hamas attack on Israel. Not quite a January 6th moment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's what all this uh, footage and everything is about, and all this ridiculousness. It's not really meant to make sense now. They're right. building a scrapbook. That's all they care about is getting the footage, getting the things on video or whatever, recording, yeah. recording yeah. history along their narrative, so that because it doesn't matter now. That's a good point. Who cares? Right. It's for the generations of the future, so that they can look back and see the ridiculous thing that they've built. It's like a Dr. Seuss book as opposed to an encyclopedia. And it, it makes me think that the people who told us our history were probably also lying <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> if that's the one that's going to Everybody lies. <laughs> it's just... Um, Hong Kong. <laughs> I, think every, I think a lot of people are kind of waking up to just... It, it's a fabricated, almost a simulation there, but just construction of the world we operate in and... Does it mean that all the stuff they told us was bad? I know there's purposes to some of the narratives, but it'll be. I, I, I wish I could go into the future 100 years and just read a history book and then come back and tell everybody what that'd be a great show. <laughs> I'm back from the I'm back from the future. Here's the history yeah. book. Now, there's an idea. It could be a blockbuster. Yeah. Apparently Trump did it. So. Right. Right. I, oh I, no, I'm it was Byron. What's his his son's name? Byron. Ba- no. Baron. Uh, Baron. Time Baron. travel. Yeah. Who's a time traveler? Is he really? Is there like a weird thing? <laughs> I don't about know. That? Q probably made that one up. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Baron's apparently there was some night. book written in the late eighteen hundreds that had some very, very, um, very familiar resemblance to Baron. To Baron Trump. Trump. There, and it a, went even yeah. further than that too. It was like the whole story. Yeah, that's interesting. There's an old western from like nineteen fifty. I think it's an episode of Gunsmoke, if I recall oh, correctly, yeah. where this swindler comes into town and he's scaring everybody into thinking that this guy named Trump is about to come in and take over everything and he's oh, gonna really? kick out all I mean, kick out all the immigrants, like almost build a wall, just crazy stuff. He's like, Trump is coming and he's gonna everybody's getting thrown in jail. Beware, Trump is coming. I was like, Holy cow, it's awesome. Mm. <laughs> 
Wow. Isn't that amazing how those things sort of come out of the woodwork, you know? And I yeah. mean, The Simpsons is one thing, but then to go back to the 50s and stuff, it's just, oh. I wonder if any of it had to do with his family because his uncle was yeah. well known. Yeah. His uncle worked with the British intelligence developing weapons and uh, World War II. And his uncle was the one who was given Tesla's papers right after Tesla yes. died. He's one of that party that entered the uh, the building and took the trunks. Yeah, absolutely. He got in there where the body was still warm. Was it Alan Trump? Uh, I no, it was. Uh, was it? No, he's John Trump. I can't remember his name. Slips my mind. But he Whatever. was ten years later. He was credited in a newspaper. I found all these old archives of him of his uncle. And he was given credit for inventing the x-ray machine, which Tesla was working on, all that stuff, yeah. before he died. And he was given credit at one point in one, like, 1953 article for curing cancer. <laughs> hey, sorry, what was the name of this person? This is Trump's uncle. I can't remember. Oh. His, yeah. yeah, Trump's right, uncle okay, was really? So that's why I wonder if that episode, because he was a prominent figure, I wonder if uh -huh. that is one of the reasons that they, they had him in there. So another mm -hmm. Australia thing, and this one's a little stupid, but... Can can I just pause for a sec? I Please. just wanted to uh, acknowledge. So Tim, yeah, you've been you, I've been reading your comments. So I agree with everything. And yes, chaps are all definitely assless. By the way, Binkley, just so that you know. I know, but you know, I just like to say assless. <laughs> I do too. That's why I just said it. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, King. I can't pronounce that well, but uh, he was not black officially. Uh, ho you think Hotep Hammer, Jesus Hammer. is Whoa. an Afrocentrist type? Maybe. Yeah. Hammer, so Hammer. is he? Hammer, Hammer, huh? When you say he's not black, would he be like Kamala Harris is not African American, but she is classified as being black the way it's classified here. Would that king be classified as being uh, a being black or a person of color? And well, non-white perhaps. I think I think Sir Tim might be from Hawaii if I, if I'm correct. correct well, just imagine if Kamala was a descendant of that king, it would be Kamala Kama Kama Kama. That would be interesting. Yeah, you're almost like doing a rap every time you say your name. My, and and you and if you do that and you have a, a black vice president, you're rapping. It's just a recipe for racism accusations. So yes, let's not upset the algorithm here. I want you to tell me if any of this is true. These these stories <laughs> I'm a fact about checker, all of a sudden. Okay. These well, this one I think you, <laughs> you my probably best. know. These stories about Australia pop up in my 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 news feed. I, on, I guess I, mm -hmm. I like to look at Daily Mail because I have a bunch of crazy stories. Or you, oh, okay. Well, I can fact check that. It's all bullshit. Let's go home. <laughs> yes. Well, they the story is that, and this could be valuable information for you. That it's a warning to people in Australia. That next Tuesday on Halloween, to make sure that you're not driving, you're not behind the wheel of your car wearing your Halloween costume. Don't, don't drive to a party with a Halloween costume on because you could very well, in the worst case scenario, get hit with up to $2,000 worth of fines because of the rules you're violating. <laughs> and uh, okay. this, they said that, Here's what they said. This is an organization. Can't wait to, to hear about like this one. BS organization. It says the International <laughs> Drivers Association. Are you familiar with that? International Drivers ADA. No, no. It doesn't mean that they don't exist, but I'm not familiar with it. One of the, the representatives who was speaking to the day. IDA. There, yeah, they <laughs> said the that right? wearing large or ill-fitting costumes, full face, mask, or even heavy makeup, 
<laughs> would interfere uh-huh. with the driver's ability to meet the they say that there's these rules where you have to have proper control of the vehicle at all times, which I think is a pretty basic rule. And you have to have an uninterrupted view, which rain could affect that. So and no the, big, long, warty noses. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't. You don't want to block it with your big nose. And a driver must not drive the vehicle unless he's got a clear view of the road, the traffic ahead, behind each side of the of the driver on left and right. That's what he says the law says in Australia. It seems very general and generic to me. (laughs) It's like logic. They're just reminding us to think with common sense. I guess. It's a little bit of a – I was trying to wrap my head around why are they picking out these very generic laws and trying to convince Australians not to drive their car (laughs) with their Halloween costumes on? Is there something going on over there with – It is Halloween. You will not have fun. Um, Jeez. I don't know. This is just so stupid. I mean, if they're, it's just taking the nanny state to another level, isn't it? It really, really? is. Yeah. I mean, if you get in the car and you can't really see what you're doing, I would hope, I would hope that if you're smart enough to get into a car and drive one, that you're probably smart enough to remove the obscurity until you get to your destination, not just hope for the best. <laughs> right. I'm, I mean, you know. I'm sure you could drive with a COVID mask on over there, though, right? Well, there you go. There's that. But, you know, I suppose if you're dressed as um, a ghost or something, you know, you might wrap your ectoplasm around the gear stick and <laughs> might, that's true. You might that's take true. off somewhere that you don't want to be. What if you're an actual clown? Though? What if that's your day job? Oh, like the politicians, they have drivers. Oh, right. So that, you're right. You say you can't. The drive drivers anymore. are dressed as politicians. Of course. Of course. It would be interesting, though, if, if this were legitimate, if they had to be able to recognize that you're in a costume or if they pulled you over and they said, uh, what, what are you, what are you dressing as for Halloween this year? And the person's like, Oh, I'm dressed as my cousin Jeffrey. And he just got plain clothes on. And he's like, get out of the car right now with your hands up. No costumes while behind the wheel. They say in <laughs> Queensland, a motorless, a motor, not a motorless, a motorist could be hit with a $619 fine for driving without due care and attention. That was what stood out to me. Is that like a real law, you think? Like without due care and attention seems like a wide open ability to just pull anybody over for anything. Bloody hell. Uh, it's going to be really fun when they get the um, the chips into everyone's head, aren't they? Because it's going to be like, oh, you had a thought. You were distracted. Pull over. Right. <laughs> you know? right. like, I mean, that's going to be all driverless cars, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, this is just getting ridiculous, isn't it? It's sort of thought police. I think, you know, none of it's le- really legit. It's just all silly headlines and things I to, think be, it's silly to be in the ether of our thinking, you know, to make to remind them, to remind us, them reminding us that um, yeah. we're watching, you know, everything you do, yep. it's all going to be under scrutiny. Remember that. No driving with blackface on. But text all you want while you're behind the wheel. That's fine. As long as you're not wearing a costume, text all you want. Yes, and none of this applies to Aboriginals, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they, they get, even though they did not get the uh, amendment for the Constitution. Oh, let me tell you this. Um, so after the, uh, the vote was officially no, which was a few minutes after the closing of the polls because they already knew what was going to happen. Um, so the uh, I don't know if it was just Queensland, but this was the story. Queensland... All government employees, uh, particularly Indigenous, were all allowed to have a week off with pay to mourn. <laughs> yeah. Wow! I know. That's what I did. That's what I said. To mourn <laughs> what happened when you guys took over the country, the white people. 
No, to mourn the outcome of the referendum vote. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's even worse. (laughs) Because they put so much money. um, It's probably because they're mourning about the money. But, um, yeah, that was just ridiculous. It's like, well, okay, can we mourn about the fact that we um, were all severely put under scrutiny through COVID and, and, like, had our heads smashed against pavements and things. Do we get a week off to no. mourn for all that? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> you lose Crazy. your job, though, if you don't get the, the shot. I, there was a story on CNN earlier this week that was like, um, what was it? It was the COVID vaccine was shown in the study to slightly increase the risk of stroke in children. And it's like, well, you guys are uh, about three years behind on reporting some of the, the problems and they're yeah, now allowing yeah, exactly. some people to sue for it. Sir Tim, w- was that an AI episode that I'm thinking about? It, it might have been. That, that, that thought came to my head just because of the subject matter, so I didn't look deep into it. I probably should have uh, refrained. But if that was AI, that isn't, that's an interesting. Who knows what a- is AI right now? And Yeah, I think a lot more than we would imagine. <laughs> yeah, totally. Speaking of propaganda, we're – and you mentioned this a moment ago – Witnessing this uh, just display of propaganda going on with Israel and Hamas, uh, we, you know, counter that to the Ukraine war. No video footage, TikTok videos, or anything over there. But we have nothing but live or, or shortly after the fact footage, sometimes live footage of this Hamas Ukraine, not not Ukraine. Now I'm getting them all confused. Hamas Israel <laughs> thing and. and I saw a, a bit, story it's today. It's a bit like any, many, many, mo. Really, it's just, it? I can't even take it anymore because it's just it's com- it's competing stories about dead babies and well, you cut the heads off the dead babies and well, we killed the dead babies humanely and it's like okay, can we get enough of the dead baby propaganda? And this story I saw yesterday was so stupid. I mean, you know, reading the headline that is pure propaganda. I'm going to get the actual pictures up because it, it, it is worth it to see how attractive the women are. Oh, they're always using the really pretty ones, aren't they? I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah always. The headline is <laughs> totally fearless all-female Israeli lionesses squad of 13 <laughs> kill 100 Hamas, Hamas terrorists and 14-hour gunfight to save base and families. Ah, uh, wow. That says there, something. There's a zero percent chance that's true. Yeah. Yep. But let's assume it was for a second. Sexy super we... soldiers. Yeah, and they are. Some of them are. They look super hot. They might as well. They could be doing selfie videos like Kylie Jenner all the time and, and yeah. making millions instead of fighting in this war. Selfie from Iran. Selfie <laughs> from the Gaza. Right. Yeah, like a dead body. <laughs> if this were true, why would? They make an all-female squad. Why would they not mix in a few dudes with that squad? That would seem a bit dangerous. Well, you said it to start with, wasn't it? Propaganda. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, right. It's ridiculous. It's like the chick on the back. Well, it was actually you, I think, that showed it to me last show that we did together. And I hadn't seen it before. It was that chick that was being taken away on the truck and it, they hadn't blurted it out at that stage. Oh, and right. like it was just a, a quick shot in amongst uh, some other things that you were showing me. And I said to you, can you go back to that? And you, you could, it was a little bit hard, so we didn't. But it was like the very first moment I thought I saw it, my immediate thing was, that's a silicon dummy. 
because it was just too contorted in a weird way. And it's it like was even if you had strange. broken legs and things, it just looked too round right. and rubber. Right. And I mean, this was obvious, really. They, they, yeah. And they and, just race past that every time they talk about it. I ne- the first uh, time I saw that, my first thought was, I, I don't know what that is. And yet everybody is talking definitively. Like, not only do they know what it is, they know exactly who it is, what the tattoo is, mm-hmm. and they have contact information for the person's mother. I'm like, okay. <laughs> who has got an incredibly large Adam's apple, by the way, the person's mother. You did show me that, <laughs> and that was unmistakable. You're right about mm-hmm. that. So. <laughs> Somebody said, yeah, you could crack a coconut on that. That was Ando, I think. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you here. So there's one of the chicks right there. Might this have is, been OG. Uh, yeah, pretty- they see, they're all pretty. And, um, you know, they've got, all, got nice hair. And- this woman weighs 97 pounds right here, okay? She, that bag she's carrying probably weighs more than her. And they have – she's part of the 12-person unit that eliminated about 100 Hamas terrorists. When you get down to the yeah, article, right. these, these stories always reveal the truth buried deep inside. Uh, I didn't mean that to, to sound yeah. that way. <laughs> okay, no, I get it. Female in there. But you got you to look between the lines, yeah. Absolutely. So it was a 14-hour gunfight, they say, and they started off by talking about how this commander, she told her unit when they encountered these Hamas terrorists that they need to stay alert um, as they get closer and closer to where all of the where the where they've infiltrated and they, they have confronted with these heavily armed terrorists. And she said to her 12 troops... We're going to go out and we're going to eliminate terrorists. Infiltration into Israel is happening and it's spreading. So she's like a, a leader here with a speech. And she said, we might cross paths, but we have a strong squad. And so they got to this military base that Hamas had raided. And her little 12-strong army taken on, of course, it says 50 heavily armed terrorists here. They said 50, ar- 50 heavily armed terrorists charged towards them. these 12 women and they came face to face with one male terrorist and shot him at close range they're going individually through some of these stories here and then an officer from another unit arrived and proposed an attack on the building so i like how they say an officer from another unit arrived but they don't say the sex of that officer or describe Mm -hmm. the female (laughs) attributes of that one long story short they fought off these guys or they fired at these guys allegedly for a couple of hours. And then about two hours in, I think the Navy special forces unit from the Israel army, they showed up and they then engaged the terrorists for the next 12 to 14 hours until they were able to control the base. So the story is actually some chicks showed up at the beginning of, of this fight. And then the special forces came in and killed all the people. But the headline yeah. is all these hot ch- You know what this is? They want to recruit people into, into the military, not only oh, over 100%. there, but over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, beyond the very first few words, I just tune out, really, because it's just obviously. I mean, if people can't see this by now, really, they're not going to send a bunch of pretty ladies into heavily armed, dangerous territories. They're just not. Not, not 13 Not women. pretty ladies, no. Then you get some... Well... well you know, whatever ladies, I mean, even the lady boys, you know, but it's, they're they're just not, not that many all at once on their own. Look look at that. Gal Gadot, yeah, she could play here and you got Brie Larson might be able to play one of these characters. They probably will make a movie out of this article. You're probably right. So, um, yeah, well, that is true. They're, they're 
again, they're writing the history. They're sort of setting up Hollywood for the next few years, I suppose. They're going to make a whole bunch of new movies because they've just been, you know, uh, rinsing out the old things and doing re remakes and stuff. So yeah, they needed new, some new juicy content, really. Totally. <laughs> Zelensky can play himself. Look at this chick yeah, in the fryer. These 12 chicks who are all standing carrying what well, – you know what that looks like to me? That looks like a Halloween decoration, but it's a body, allegedly. And this chick in the front is just smoking hot, and she's just smiling like she's about to do a TikTok yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> They're about to break out into a little dance, I think. That's crazy. And there's the one guy in there. Who, <laughs> I don't know what that guy's doing. Right at the back. Yeah, so there they are eating sandwiches after killing all those people. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a sandwich after a good old kill. Yeah. How is it that none of these girls are ugly in this? Yeah. And they're probably not one of them broke a nail, I bet. Is it not a bit obnoxious that they're, I mean, the implication is that these are real bodies. They're just pumping these bodies up in the air and cheering and celebrating like, yeah. they, like they're taking <laughs> shots at a club. These women are ruthless, cold killers. This you don't want to get stupid. into a war with these women. Oh, look at that bitch right there. Oh, she's doing blackface. So how come they're she's allowed? doing blackface? What a bitch! <laughs> cancel her. There they are, and they're <laughs> cancel that whole army. None of these bitches fought in this. War. There is a requirement over there for women to 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 fight or to be enlisted. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they fight, but I, think I was going to say that you know, to be fair, um, it is a culture where they are brought up to expect to be um, drafted. I don't know how their thing works. I think it's just built into their culture. But, um, it's no, compulsory military <laughs> service, yeah, for all yeah, able-bodied exactly. female residents. Yep. And Which, like you know, there them. are sections of that kind of life that I don't disagree with in the sense of only because I've, I've known people who've been into the forces and it, it really has actually done a good thing for their lives, like I'm not saying all of them, but just the ones that didn't actually go to war. So that's the yeah. whole, you know, it gives them discipline and, and it gives them self-respect yeah. and, and self-defense as well. So as opposed to people who sort of don't have any routine or any structure or anything like that who are just like, yeah, it's not really doing much. So in I that think sense, it, yeah, very useful it's not too sense. bad, but I don't agree with any of the rest of it. <laughs> it's when they're like, okay, now go stand in a war zone, pretend to be pumping a dead body up and down with mm. pearly, perfect white teeth like you just killed the guy. Maybe some of them are badasses, but I don't buy that story at all. But there will be a movie made about it. And yep. I, I think what people have to look out for over here is because our military recruiting is, is at an all-time low, especially the Army. And if we're going to be going to World War III, they're going to be needing to bring people in. And shit like this is how you can get some younger women who have bought into this narrative and feel inspired by chicks like this to get them into making a decision to – Go do whatever they're going to have them do in this uh, world war of the worlds number three, and I would say don't do it. It's just I see maybe maybe Jennifer Aniston is going to play that other chick that was just on the screen there. <laughs> oh, she might be the commander. Look, I keep thinking. Um, you know, they keep saying things like, "Oh, the next." I mean, why are we even having these stupid combat wars apart from? the obvious of the business people making lots of money in the metal industry, et cetera, et cetera, and the guns and the arms industry. But we shouldn't even be having these kind of wars anymore. It can all be done with cyber. So why are they right. even got these boots on the ground? Well, you know, God help us, biological or whatever, but, you know, I'm not encouraging it. But it, it sort of seems a bit weird that we're sort of so advanced with technology now and yet we're still all this arm-to-arm -arm combat. It's 
like Doesn't World War One type stuff almost. Yeah. Well, they do have the before. drone aspect of it in Ukraine, at least they say anyway. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't even talk about the cyber attacks that go on. Every single day around the world, there's crippling cyber attacks that happen to casinos, to major businesses. A lot of times it's these you know, teenagers or people in their 20s who a couple weeks ago, they held all of the MGM casinos hostage for a couple of weeks and they demanded ransom and they didn't get it from the MGM ones. They cost them about a hundred million dollars because they shut down all the stuff. Nobody could get in their hotel rooms. There was, there was lines of people who just wanted to go waste all their money and bang hookers who could not even get into their room to shower first. And the other casino, the can't remember what the other one was. The, the non, one of the non-MGM ones did pay like a $5 million ransom. So these people are getting ransoms all over the world. And it's just like, I need to get into that business. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a, just another leg of money laundering, I suppose. It's like, oh, there's another good way to do it. Yeah. Everything's got an ulterior motive as far as I'm concerned that we see on the stage. Oh, God, yeah. It's like, I mean, are you saying that nothing is as it appears to be? <laughs> Stating the obvious again. I'm just saying that in case there's a couple of normies that have just converted. <laughs> right listening so you brought some <laughs> propaganda stuff some historical propaganda stuff didn't you yeah a little bit of sort of propaganda so i've got a bunch of these old newspapers and things that i'm not really quite sure how i acquired but um there's a whole box of them out there and i was looking through a few of them and it's just really interesting um this particular one right okay it's up there this particular magazine is a australian pix it's called pix it's no longer in print obviously but this is from April 1951. How many terrorists did she kill? <laughs> exactly. Where's her gun? Yeah. So that's just the the cover I thought I'd show you. I, I haven't put the whole thing down. And, and these are just photos that I've sort of taken off my phone because it was a bit big to scan. So hopefully they'll work out. Um, am I in control here? I am. I yes, think. you yes. are. Okay, cool. Well, um, well, one thing real quick. Denver Attaway, yeah, I do remember the the shooting for the Las Vegas shooting. That story, the the MGM stuff. I, I requested the hackers go in and find all the data that revealed anything we could learn about the Las Vegas shooter. Because, the, Stella, the Las Vegas shooting, that hotel was one of the ones that these hackers allegedly took control of. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Just oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so. No, that's fine. Yeah, these are cool images. Good here. to get like to those comments. Appreciate you guys. And there's a couple of commenters on YouTube too. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. So. I haven't got, yeah, yeah sorry. As Gerald Salente says, when all else fails, they tell yeah, he's right about that. So, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Sorry, I, I totally derailed you there. That's my fault. I apologize. Not a problem. That's it's it's your show. <laughs> no, but like, I this stuff is interesting to me. I just, uh, yeah, I just thought it was now. kind of interesting to see sort of where, like, we're talking 1951, so where sort of the thinking was at there. This was, we're not going to read the whole thing or anything, but this was a family that had oh, 16 children. Um, and I just thought this is sort of like the beginning, I thought, of the feminism idea because yeah. even though it's sort of like, well, fair enough, you know, 16 kids, you've got to get a bit of help, but can you see my cursor? No, you can't. Yeah, I can see it. Oh, you can? Um, yeah, so see here, it's like the lady sitting down with her feet up reading the paper <laughs> while Dad's there doing the sewing and doing the hair cutting and 
Oh, the twin yeah. is four so sets. So the dad's of doing a lot of the, the typical stuff you'd see the mom do. It's just introducing. I don't think it's sort of like dad does everything while mum reads the paper. I think it's just introducing the idea of mum shouldn't have to do everything. Dad should get more involved. You know, it's just the beginning of that sort of evolution of thinking. Right. Back mm-hmm. then, it was very you know, dad goes out to work and mum stays home and looks after the house sort of thing. So yeah, it was just sort of that. I thought it was interesting. This is the cue for um, the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's all 16 of their kids? I did wonder whether this was sort of a little bit of a made-up family. I don't yeah. know. They all have the same haircut. Are we able to zoom in? Yes, we can. Okay, what newspaper cool. is this from? It's called PIX. P-I-X. I don't believe it. So, but listen to this. Australian record for big families was held by Mrs. Annie Brown of North Fremantle. It's in Western Australia. Uh, who died four years ago after having born 29 children. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wonder she didn't survive. Nearest to this figure comes Aboriginal Mrs. Aggie Bull of uh, Lake Tears Settlement in Victoria, who gave birth to her 20, 23rd child 18 months ago at the age of 45. Holy dooly. She gave birth to a 45-year-old? <laughs> I know. It's funny the way it's worded. Uh, the U.S. has several world record claimants, including 35-year-old Mrs. Belly of Oklahoma, who has given birth to 38 children, 11 wow. whom are still living. Um, oh, my God. So I wonder how many she lost. To, yeah. If she lost most at history. birth or if they just kind of yeah. stopped paying attention after a little while. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Play with the traffic, dear. Um, by switching, father, do you know? These are all different women. No, no, I don't see <laughs> Different, different women fathered this yep. child. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, this is progressive. Listen to this. By switching wives, fathers have been able to compile far more impressive totals. In 1948, a Colombian uh, farmer married four times, fathered his 54th child in 1753, um, and a Russian was credited with 72 children by two wives. Holy dooly. I mean, what are you 70, doing with all those children? No, that's, that isn't. Like 72 children, I don't know what you do with them. You, you start, I mean, Imagine you the start an entire football organization. You could have the executive, you could have the players, the administrator, the, the entire business. But 72 <laughs> children, the fact that he did it with just two women, that, that's the impressive part to me. Very impressive, you know. I salute you, sir. I'm um, the youngest of 72 that's got to be <laughs> the middle children. Yeah, they all had yeah, problems. Right. All that was the way, way, often. way end of the dinner table <laughs> a few miles away. Yeah. You'd have to send a telegram and wait a couple of days for the answer. Um, so this is a kind of a weird little story on page four. German will give his eye to United Nations. <laughs> West, West Berliner Walter Demend. 45, is to give one of his eyes to a United Nations soldier blinded in Korea. Oh, my God. His sacrifice will make it possible for the soldier's sight to be restored after modern surgery has transplanted the cornea from Demend's eye into the soldier's blind eye. Demend offered his eye to the American High Command in Germany, and the offer was accepted on behalf of the Medical Division of the United Nations Forces in Korea. Right. That sounds like it didn't work out for him. (laughs) I mean, I, ho- I hope that he took his own eye, like he spooned his eyeball out, and he said, I offer you my eye, and I hope the other guy could pop it in and it worked, but I, I doubt it did, which would probably make him go, shit. Damn it. You know? I thought I was doing a good thing. Because if you could just do that now, I, I think we would, or maybe not, maybe, you, maybe that was like a cure for blindness, is that 
you could see again, but you just had to get somebody else's eyeball out of their head and into yours. Yeah, and all they really needed was the cornea. So, you know, he took his whole eye out and sent that off. And he said, oh, thanks, we just needed the cornea bit, but what, thanks. <laughs> I, I hope he checked in on that. I hope this wasn't like a spur of the moment. I'm doing something for the troops. Yeah, Give me the yeah. spoon and whatever. <laughs> that was one hell of a virtue signal there, man. He's like, I salute you too. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Ukraine-colored eyeball that he has. Yeah, blue and yellow, yeah, yeah. That's just a picture of Vincent Price that I thought was interesting, if Who's anyone knows Vincent who Price? he is. Okay, next. Um, <laughs> who is he? So Tim will know. Um, he was a Pretty very, good. very, very famous actor. I thought you would have heard of him, actually. No, I, have, I do. Price. I've heard of him. but All right, you might know him from this. Um, uh, Alice Cooper, Welcome to My Nightmare album. Okay, um, yeah. He did the beginning bit of um, Black Widow. Who's that <laughs> next to that woman? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, never mind. That's just for us. That woman crew. looks like she has something up her backside with that expression. I think it's Who, Vincent Price's hand. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> it yeah. all comes at a price. This was funny <laughs> because this was a little um, uh, page about just animals. I don't know. I guess it was around about the time when people were starting to see other animals from other countries and stuff. I don't yeah. know. And they're Is saying that a blind kangaroo trying to get the eyeball of the other one <laughs> needed the cornea. Um, it says here, kangaroos are not aggressive, but can administer stunning slashing blows with hind legs. <laughs> if that's not aggressive. Let me tell you, they Just are deadly. aggressive. Yeah. They actually drown people. They, they entice people and dogs into the water. If they're being chased by a dog, they'll go into the water and the dog will come in after them and then they'll drown the dog. What? They're renowned for it. Up, There's this video I, from a few years ago. You might have seen it. This guy, a kangaroo, was like beating up his dog or something. So he hopped. I think he was on a motorcycle or something. And he 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 hopped off and he ran over and he just started punching the kangaroo in the face and he saved his dog. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. That's a classic example of exactly what I'm talking about. And they look very muscular. These things. I know they look. Yeah, they they're more um, you know, ripped than some of the blokes in the gym. We should be sending kangaroos as the next weapons package to Ukraine. That is a brilliant idea to send the kangaroos. I mean, they're in <laughs> just in plague proportions here, so let's just super them up a bit with a few chips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if 12 women can take out 100 terrorists, some kangaroos can do some damage. Absolutely. And just, you know, they only need grass, so it's very cheap. Send the troops <laughs> off. What is it, Amazing. upside down? They could, they, could, um, they could do some, they could hide some heavy armor and bloody grenades and shit in their um, pouches. They could, yeah, and entice some Russians into the water and, and drown them like dogs. Wow, we're, we're really onto something here. Hold that thought. We just pumped up the war machine. <laughs> I want to buy shares. <laughs> and kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was really strange. So this was a, an article about Upside Down World. And this is where, I'll go to the next bit so I can read it. Lots of people seem to get an upside down slant on almost everything. Uh, anyway, basically, what happened was it was a it was a an experiment where there was a special pair of glasses made that made this gentleman, Mister Snyder, what was he professor? Well, I can't find it. There, Fred Snyder, a psychology student of sound vision, and his professor, Doctor Pronko, <laughs> um, was was doing a, a thesis, and so they did this experiment where. They made this special pair of glasses, um, which I turned everything upside down. 
So really? it inverted it inverted what the person was seeing. And he had to wear them from the first moment he woke up in the morning until he turned the lights off at night and then take them off. And he had to do it for a month. And um well it actually it took a month for his brain to then see things normally. So the experiment was that we can retrain our brain to completely um, invert. Re- oh Isn't my that gosh. Weird? So the, I, he wore yeah. these for a month straight, you're saying, and after he took them off, it took him, or maybe I'll get the timeline wrong, but it took him a long period of time to see the world the correct way again? Yeah, same same way the other end. So at first he couldn't walk. He was like he was drunk sort of oh thing, you know, gosh, as you'd imagine. Wild. And then it got to the point where he could type and he could write, even though he was actually writing upside down and back to front, I think it was. Wow. But he thought he was writing normally and stuff. So, yeah, it's really weird. But what a strange experiment. Who, who thinks of that experiment? Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> you know? And what did the CIA do with that afterwards, you know? I love how all these old-timey experiments all look like a doc from Back to the Future. They have these big you know, things on their head and eyes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks really funky. I mean, you know, the um, steampunk people would love a set of those. <laughs> They're That's pretty crazy. funky looking. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so, Tim, I knew that you would know who Vincent Price was. And, yes, the kangaroos are definitely buff. <laughs> the emus also. Send the emus too, he said. The emus, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're heavy too. They'll kill you. Easy. <laughs> you don't go with emus unless you know what you're doing. Yeah, this was interesting because we're currently having this, you know, the meat wars sort of thing, like the eatsy bugs type meat wars and our mRNA being oh, syringed right. into eat meat and stuff and apparently pork has been had mRNA was it mRNA yeah um, vaccines yeah, yeah. since 2018 so they say what has pork they've been working on M- mRNA for quite some time now they I've read some papers on it they they I believe think that it has the potential to be some like Super, super soldier creating life extension technology, but they they just have a lot of experimentation to do and they need an entire planet to experiment on. And so I think that's the, I think they hope that it is something. Yeah. Um, do you need to, like, I don't want to go on too long. No, you just I like this me, stuff. But... Keep going. Okay. All right. I don't want to take over your show. No, no. I wanted, <laughs> I love this stuff. Like, I okay, love cool. old propaganda. Like, I find it fascinating. Oh, I do too. I love it. It's just, yeah, it's great looking through these old mags. So these are women that were marching through the streets in protest against the government controlling the meat trade. Does that say um, heat over meat? Is that what that heat says? Heat over meat, yes. So heat as in everyone's getting hot under the collar. No, oh, yeah. yeah. They're getting mad. Yeah. Heat over meat. Yeah, it's very clever. <laughs> they, were, they were quite clever back then. <laughs> Um, they blame control for the small ration of eight pence worth of meat a week for each person. Uh, remember, this is post-war. Uh, housewives organised a petition of protest for presentation to Parliament. They demanded a return to private enterprise. And there's a picture of a nice old car there. It looks like a, I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to try to pretend that I know. Um, nice old car, probably a Ford. Yeah, I love and we want meat free. We want meat, free the trade. Let's have clean meat free of politics and British flags and yeah. ladies under umbrellas reading newspapers. That yeah. was kind of interesting because yeah. um, we're having a similar similar fight now. 
Right. Well, they, government they want trying people to control. To eat bugs and, uh, yeah. It is, it is interesting, the cycles of history. It is a lot of things that we might think at first are because maybe we haven't seen it in our lifetime actually happened like after the first world war after the second world war we're just seeing it used like stuff done with modern technology yeah. like, do they have a eat bugs uh, signs is that going to be the next one <laughs> yeah no. no it wasn't quite in the mix at that point but uh i'm sure they probably did through the war it would have gone it's probably a bit sensitive to bring it up again at that point maybe was that a self-driving car who knows, but they had electric cars in the late 1800s. And so a lot of people don't realize that. They already did this battle in the late 1800s. You're exactly mm. right, over the gas-powered or the electric ones. We've already done this. Yeah, yeah. They had some amazing technology that's been suppressed. Thanks a whole lot, Rockefeller and all you mob. Yeah. And natural medicine. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this was really <laughs> – this made me laugh, this one. This was like a, a scene of um, – what do you call it when they're being uh, questioned, like after a crime? Uh, uh, interrogation. Thank you. Thank you. This is a silent in- interrogation. Reginald Theodore Cutshaw, who's on the right there if you're watching. Uh, with his hands a, up or the guy? The guy on the left uh, okay. with the white shirt, I believe. Oh, sorry, the guy on the right with the suit. Okay. Reginald Theodore Cutshaw, deaf-mute minister, oh questions deaf-mute Alan T. Jones on the left in the white shirt, charged at Atlanta with murder. All right. Atlanta, we have to stop for a second. I got to digest that. Okay. Did you, did you oh, say deaf mute just as difficult. minister? Okay, so we've got a deaf mute minister who is questioning the deaf mute accused. So with sign language. Because he knows sign language, so they had to bring that guy in. Okay. So he's a deaf mute questioning another deaf mute about a murder. The detectives say that Jones confessed in sign language to the strangling of another deaf mute. <laughs> oh my! Gosh. Sorry, that's not funny, but it's like this triangle of deaf muteness. That's—I didn't know it was such a wild community, <laughs> deaf mute community. Mm, mm, it's, it's big. It's a big Is industry. It a, like a, a struggle for supremacy? I wonder. Oh, I don't know. I didn't really hear about it. <laughs> they fighting over a deaf mute chick, or like Helen Keller, or something. I, I, yeah, it's, they kept it very quiet. <laughs> That's anyway. wild. That's like it was kind of really crazy. I yeah. never understood. I don't, I mean, some people don't believe Helen Keller did a lot of the things she did. I, I don't know. But yeah, it was just, a bit like Jack the Ripper, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, how? I'm, I'm sure I mean, humans are very adaptable and flexible to the circumstances that they have. But man, that's wild. And, and these other guys, are these deaf mutes or people who can hear and they're just looking at these deaf mutes talk going, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they're assuming that they're not like conspiring or something, I guess. I guess. Yeah, they could be t- talking about how they're going to kill everybody else in the yeah. room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready, dude? You got your knife? <laughs> oh, hilarious. So that was kind of, it'd be fun. I mean, you'd have to have the girl from Epidema in the background on that one. Um, so this was just like a continuation of the fear sort of thing so that we're looking oh at a picture goodness. it's a black and white picture and there's a sign in the front that says danger radioactive area and there's a bunch of people in full 1951 anti-radioactive gear trash black trash bags is what it looks like to me again they look <laughs> kind of cool in a steampunk, steampunk yeah. kind of way but uh 
Yeah, with um, like helmets and gas masks and the things that they carry, the oxygen, um, full trench coats, big boots, etc. So I don't know. To me it was like it says, Naval Radioactivity Monitoring Team makes tests of radioactivity after a supposed atomic uh, atom bomb explosion at Plymouth, England. The monitoring team with 1,400 soldiers and civil defence personnel partook in exercises. So that's all it is. It's just exercises. Oh, but yes. to me it's sort of like they're just sort of, you know, keeping the fear alive, you know what I mean? I mean, there was atomic talk going on, so I guess they got to be prepared. Well, they got to look to be prepared at least. This but, is yeah. like a version of one of those live disaster trainings that, that we yes. see here happen all the time. I wonder if they made the public aware that they were doing a training or if people thought it was real. Like I see down here at the bottom, it says atomic alert. That's kind of a weird thing to read in the newspaper, right? Like atomic alert. You know, it might be a little late by the time it gets <laughs> yeah. to you. Yeah, it gets into the paper and yeah, onto yeah. your door. <laughs> gets delivered by a little fried paper boy. Um, yeah, it's. I know they just. It, to me, it's just keeping the fear, you know, nice and active because we can't let that fade off. This is 1951 by this stage, so got to keep prodding. You know, I, I love how you have these guys in these hazmat like suits and the radioactive area danger, then the atomic alert. And then on the right side, you have show dress. And it looks like it's featuring like a, a dress a woman wore from a, a stage show or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty crazy. Anyway, crazy times. Um, yeah, check oh, this one this out. this is great. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so we are looking at, <laughs> we're going to have to be very careful with this description, as they were in their news. Let me read it. Sackcloth, members of the confraternity of Sacconi, which is a big, one of the big family, one of the big in-charge families, Sacconi family. Of so members Australia? Of, no. Sacconi Italy, family. I believe, I think. Oh, we, I have heard of them. Yeah. I have, yeah, I've got them on a list of one of the, you know, all those very powerful families. Members of the confraternity of Sacconi wearing sackcloth garments. <laughs> take part in Lenten ceremony in Rome's Church of St. Sabina. Confraternity is composed largely of members of Rome's leading families. Um, ceremony dates back to 16th century. Hmm. Now, I'm going to let you describe this because it's your neck on the block, not mine. <laughs> These are Ku Klux Klan outfits, pointy hoods. All right. And, oh, obviously, they <laughs> got to, to the point somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't are sure they, if you they, were going to no, be wanting I mean, to yeah, say that. To totally the pointy white hats, and it looks like they're carrying some crosses. Is that a cross yeah. in the background? It certainly looks like one. I love that they call them sackcloth. This isn't a clan hood. It's a sackcloth. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess this is sort of where they come from. They've got some sort of a beading, um, yeah, a bead, I guess, rosary beady type thing with a cross belt. Yeah. And they look just like the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, they do. I bet they would support sending weapons packages over to Ukraine. I bet they would. This is one of the first robots. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, these old-timey inventions are just so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something from Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm sure I've seen it in an episode. <laughs> or Tin Man, a really bad budget, low-budget Wizard of Oz. This is a classic on page 33. Um, shout out, Ashley. This is um, a an ad for dental cream. Colinus. This dental looks like cream. a crazy comic book. These are advertisements for products. <laughs> this is just like King's death means tooth sacrifice. Oh, my so, goodness. 
what happens here is when they're kings, this is all like, um, what would you call them? Um, Amazonian. Oh, hello. Amazonian. Um, Looks like a Spartan kind of with that thing on his head. Yeah, it's hard to sort of This is one giant tooth ad? It is. When their kings died, Hawaiians, oh, Hawaiians, right, okay, sorry. When their kings died, Hawaiians used to knock out the incisor teeth of a maiden, uh, a maid, as an expression of grief. So keep your smile beautiful with colonists. <laughs> Keeps your mouth sweet and fresh for hours, Just, you know, ready for the big incisor knockoff. What is he holding? Is he holding a woman that he's about to hit the woman or is he about to, is that the dentist about to do dental work on that? That's, woman in the center? that's the Hawaiian about to knock out the incisor tooth of that maid. Now, what about the skull she's over here? She's got nice fresh breath ready. <laughs> yeah, she's ready. It says animal teeth grew in man, and then we see a skull with fangs. That's from 1885, so it's probably true. <laughs> I, I feel like I would have to buy this product or some god-awful things were going to happen to me. I know. It's a very strange way to advertise dental cream, <laughs> isn't it? In 1885, archaeologists discovered a human skull, 2,500 years old, with a full set of animal's teeth fixed into the jaws. Colinus comes from the Greek word meaning disease preventer, antiseptic colinus, bubbles, fights tooth decay, and bacteria. So that's <laughs> excellent if you've got animal teeth. <laughs> and then you have right below that uh, a face powder product with a woman powdering her face. It's a nice little ad. <laughs> that, that's a little prompt. That's a little prompt because you save money by buying this dental decay, so therefore you can afford to buy face powder. Ah, right. And you want to show your face off because you have such nice teeth. Yeah, before it gets knocked out, preferably. By a Spartan. <laughs> It's the last bit anyway. I just, they were just a little bit of fun. I love this. It's a fact written across yeah. the top. <laughs> this is their little fact checky thing. But this was kind of cute here up in the corner. Equatorial billiards at the La Belle Alliance Club in Pontianac, Dutch Borneo. This is old. Uh, Dutch Borneo, a white line running through the billiard room across the floor and over the green baize of the table marks the equator. So you can actually have a game of billiards from the south equator, I mean the south hemisphere to the north hemisphere on that one table. <laughs> wow. That's, temperatures must change drastically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny if the ball just sort of stopped on the line. It freezes so and no gravity shatters. There. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Anyway. Where did you find was... all this stuff? <clears throat> Well, this is only one one magazine thingy paper out of a – I've got a box full of them. Um, I think they might have come from old people that died off and uh, maybe a few garage sales. I just picked things up along the way over the years and now I've got a whole box full of them. And I went, oh, what am I going to do with all that? <laughs> what What does this say? Yeah, this is very interesting. here. What does this say here? Devil possessed? Yes, yes. That's kind of interesting. Let me just zoom in a little bit on that one. There we go. So this is the Sungmas, or holy men of Tibet, shout out Jin, uh, perform amazing feats of superhuman strength when in a trance. This Mongolian steel sword, a quarter of an inch thick, which is normally, normally a strong man could not even bend, was twisted into several loops and bends by a Sungma with his naked hands. I guess while he was in a, in a trance. possession. Yeah. There's this, so there you go. Used to be these guys, I can't remember what they were called, but they were like these evangelical Christian dudes who would go 
there are these power lifter dudes who type of guys who can't even scratch their own back because they're just so jacked and they can't like walk around like this. And so they would do these things where they be, I mean, and they used to sell out too. We went to one of them. It was crazy. And they would get on stage and they would get a phone book out and they're in this church. And one of these just brutes would get up and he just ripped the phone book in half and he'd be like, for Jesus. And everybody like cheer, you know, because his faith allowed him to turn into this, wrecking ball who could just go around destroying people's phone books for no reason really yeah right okay that's what made me think of it no no man had the strength to do that well and it's a devil in that situation and the one that i'm thinking about it was a godly man trying to inspire so Hmm. something that that made me think of when it comes to things that they've suppressed there's number of books about suppressed cures uh health cures and whatnot and there's this guy back, I think it was like the 1920s, named Royal Rife. You heard of Royal Rife? I certainly have. Yeah, so he says, claims, and there's some evidence to say that he did, and then, of course, he kind of got blackballed like all these guys do, that he cured the cancer of a number of patients with his Royal Rife machine. And the way that it works, from what I recall, is basically it focuses in on the cancer in the body, and it vibrates it until it just explodes and, and eliminates the cancer. It uses a vibrational technology, right? Like frequencies. Yeah, and, and it has to be so, a certain frequency, and each particular yep. condition has a different frequency. I've actually got a list of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I think they use sympathetic um, frequencies as well. It's so funny to me because like, I've known about that for a while. Obviously, you have too. And go back to like 20, I think it's like 2015 or something like that. I was researching something and I, I came across this, I think it was Arizona State University research study that was like a new research out of Arizona State University finds that using uh, vibrations on the correct frequencies could potentially explode cancer cells and cure and cure the patient. I'm like, oh my gosh, you discovered what Royal Rife had suppressed, yeah. right? And so exactly. fast forward to like a week and a half ago, I tried to find the article, but I can't remember exactly. I can't find it. I, right? High frequency mechanical vibration can successfully, yeah, here it is, can successfully kill cancer, National Institute of Health. So we have suppressed something over 100 years ago, and now we're just getting back around to the official sources saying, okay, maybe we'll let people use some of this stuff now. <laughs> and, and they're getting tons of funding money to research something that, it appears, has been proven for well over a century. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's, they've, they, every time somebody comes up with something or discovers something, they're either bought off, threatened, or they are no more, six feet under. So that's gone on, you know, through the centuries. That's gone on since bloody, well, I don't know about prior 1900. I guess it may have. Um, but, you know, John D. Rockefeller and the, you know, oh, yeah. Carnegie's and all that bloody mob. Who's the other one? Rothschild. Um, Rothschild. Yeah, I mean, they just they just destroyed everything that they couldn't control. Same with, you know, the Tesla versus um, uh, Edison. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, old, that old thing. Um, and old Tesla, apparently, if that is true, just dying alone in his hotel room with 81 or whatever it was, trunks that this doomsday apparently machine, only, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They took down the Wycliffe, Wycliffe Tower, didn't they? Yeah. They tore that down. Um, so yes, free energy, who knows? There's, there's a lot of, um, 
I think when people start getting close now, what they do is they don't sort of so much try to suppress it. They just muddy the waters so much that you just have no idea what's real and what's not because there's all these claims and then suddenly there's a debunk and so everyone just puts it all in the same basket of, I mean, electricians can't even really tell you how electricity actually works. They know how to harness it yeah, and what yeah. to do with it, but they can't really explain it. That's yeah, what the I base knowledge. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that we were so far removed from the origins of understanding of much of the things we could do that if it all broke down, we'd have to start over again, go back, try trying to figure <laughs> it all out. And which has happened various times, I believe. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. I think it probably has as well. We've probably done this experiment and blown ourselves up repeatedly. <laughs> Trying to or being wiped out in some one way or another, yeah. And we might be approaching another point in time like that. Uh, it uh, is said to be. Distant future. <laughs> the medicine stuff, you know, you grow up learning to trust your doctor, listen to your doctor, and, and take your mm-hmm. pills and everything. And you just, you know, that's just what you're supposed to do. And when you first discover that there's all of these alternative branches of medicine throughout history, that the focus and the resources and the money that went into the pharmaceutical angle could have been put into some of these things and developed some of these, these things that could have potentially just changed the entire way people take care of themselves. And obviously the, the income of the pharmaceutical companies as well. It's just, it's just mind expanding this like, oh my gosh, the, this pharmaceutical angle is not the only way for medicine. The last thing they want is healthy people. And I mean, like in China, yeah. they're, they're, you know, your doctor has basically failed if you get sick. It's like it's the opposite. So Right. I think Chris Rock used to make a lot of good jokes about that. Is that they, you know, they're not going to give you the cure because the money is in keeping people sick. What's up, Big Perm? This book, Body Electric. Have you ever heard of it? It's written by this guy named. Is his name? Uh, Oh no, but I'm very interested. Hey, Perm, I'm very interested to know about that. Um, Robert Becker was this doctor's name. What was the body? What was it? The body electric. Body electric. The. electromagnetism and the foundation of life. There was all these suppressed cures in this book. It was like, I think the book title was like uh, 10 cures, 10 10 cures they suppress. And then the whole book went through Uh, all these. And and this body electric guy was one of them. I think it was back in like the sixties or something like that. This doctor, he was a Navy doctor. In fact, at one point he almost won one of the highest prize. It might've been, I don't know if it's a Pulitzer. I don't know if, is that a literary one? He won just one of the recognizable prizes that you get yep. for doing amazing things. He was second. He didn't win it. He came in second. That's how high up and how much people valued his knowledge and his skills when he was in the military. But then he started fooling around with a little bit of stuff that they didn't really want him to. And he started experimenting with frogs. And he was trying to figure out how some animals or some species can regenerate limbs. And he would, wanted to apply that to people, to soldiers who would have their arms and legs blown off. And he, he kept experimenting. He would get frogs. He would chop frogs' legs off because frogs had some similar mechanisms in their bodies that were like us. If, if he could do it with frogs, he felt like he, he could apply the same methodology to people and it would work. And he, he reached a point where he couldn't go any further and he thought he had failed. And then some guy had gotten a bad motorcycle. Legless frogs around. Yeah, a bunch of legless frogs can't hop anywhere. Little tiny uh, wheelchairs. Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So this guy gets in a bad motorcycle accident and comes in and, he, and he's going to do some sort of surgery on this guy. And 
the specifics of it are in that book, I'm sure. He sees something during the surgery that you know makes a light bulb go off, and he does something that he had never done before that caused this guy who had just badly broken his body in this motorcycle accident to heal in a matter of weeks when in any other circumstance, had he not done that, it probably would have taken the guy six months to a year to get better. So completely expedited the healing process, uh, like regeneration. And so he took Mm -hmm. what he learned during that surgery and he cut some more frog legs off. And this time (laughs) it worked. So he did what he did to that person, to the frogs, and he was regrowing these frog limbs, right? So he had the breakthrough that he needed, and now he just needed the funding. And right at that moment, that's when the, the military cut off his funding and eventually <laughs> got rid of him and pushed him to the outside of his, society. Yeah, didn't cut, cut off his, his arms. <laughs> yeah, right. His funding. Right. He ended up yeah, practicing well. medicine in Mexico. Because they, he, yeah. they blackballed him. They took all his money away because they did not want him doing that. It was crazy. Well, that was an excellent place for him to go because he could continue his experiments with the Mexican walking fish, <laughs> which otherwise known as axolotls. I used to have them. We've had this conversation in the past, haven't we, Pinks? But um, like the axolotls, they can regrow legs and limbs and toes and all sorts of things because my pair, you know, occasionally they, they weren't aggressive, but they were dumb as a brick you know and not very good with their vision so they couldn't really see till they were up close so that you know you'd go to feed them and the other one would get in the way and they'd sort of chomp the foot or something <laughs> accidentally instead of the food and it just so, go right back oh <laughs> no, wait, a period would, of time would, not immediately <laughs> wait did you say they would eat their foot is that what you said i don't know if they actually ate them but like chomp them off by accidents usually it wasn't like an aggression thing God. but yeah, um, that's embarrassing, so, isn't it? Yeah, oh shit! Am I chewing your arm? Sorry. Dang! Did I do that again? <laughs> <laughs> it's not much, not very impressive on a date, but um, so you know, no wonder they stayed up the other end of the tank all the time, away that's from crazy. each other, just in case they lose another leg. But uh, yeah, it's interesting that um, I, yeah, if they could harness that, you would think they would be able to, and maybe you'd think they so can. by now. They probably can. I'm sure they can. Here's a story underground related. somewhere. There's a whole bunch of Probably. experiments going on with lots of frogs getting their limbs replaced yeah, by robotic. Oh, they're turning them gay. Or all something. these teenage mutant ninja gay turtles now have been experimented <laughs> on. <laughs> Super turtles. Oh, that's going to come true, isn't it? <laughs> ninja turtles. Look at that predictive programming. And what's the rat's name that was their leader? I have no idea. I never watched an episode. <laughs> Uh, they, they were they they were led by a, a sensei rat who taught them everything they knew. Because I don't know if you know this, Del, but all rats have had martial arts training. They're all black belts. You don't want to fuck with rats in a fist fight. Okay, I'll remember that. Thank you. So ch- check this out. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Tim, for that uh, link. Where is that? So there's a story about um these scientists. They they've allegedly brought back a brought a 46,000-year-old worm back to life that <laughs> yeah. had been frozen in, si- in, Siber- in a Siberian permaforest since the upper pa- pale- Paleoithic, did I say that right? Maybe not. Period. Right. A long fucking time. Okay. Yeah. They were frozen. <laughs> and they revived the worm, according to this study here, and as soon as they revived it almost, it Uh-oh. promptly started having babies. Uh-oh. <laughs> Because it's like, 
Yeah, it's asexual. Away from Wuhan, won't we? <laughs> Just it's, keep it right away from Wuhan. Right. Those are the that's the longest nesting period ever for wow. babies. But you have organisms like this, and you have there's what is the name of that organism? Maybe you'll know it. There's one that they say that it, it just never dies. It lives forever. It's something that I think they probably found. An amoeba? I don't, it's something I don't like know. that. They found it. And if you look at it, it looks like it does look like a little character from Doctor Who. Oh, a Jeez. I'll get it in a sec. Those are the things that they have that you know that they are. It's studying it because they want to crack that code. I mean, there's no way they're not spending. I mean, they might not publicize and stuff, but there's no way. Like that tardigrade. Shark, yes, tardigrade. That's what it is. And they're, they're super tiny, super, super tiny. And real cute. Very, very cute. I have, I have, a, have a whole bunch of pet tardigrades. They're going to outlive me. Everything's going to be burnt to the ground. Tardigrades are still going to be sitting over here in this tank. I want, I want a pet tardigrade. I want them to make big ones. Oh, God. Thanks, Pooh. That'd be great. That there might be one. <laughs> Wouldn't that be terrible? What Russia is probably going through Ukraine, <laughs> destroying families with these massive mutant tardigrades that they're like riding, and that are that you can't kill them. They they look like tanks, but they're not really. They're killing all they those, made kangaroos. Them look like those kangaroos. Tanks. Have no chance, Stella, against these tardigrade tanks. That's right of the Russian army. <laughs> but yeah, so they're studying the the whole you know freeze yourself. Mm. And hope that you uh, sounds like survive. a sounds like an M M&M song. Freeze yourself. Yeah. Freeze yourself in the ice <laughs> in the moment. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's some wealthy people who they are going to put themselves on ice, like shortly before they die, just in case. Cryogenics. That's what um, Walt Disney did. Is he in cryogenics still? He is apparently. God, what if we melted him? Well, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I don't know what the technology was like back then. That could be rather tragic. I mean, you'd have to cook him straight away. That would be the ultimate climate change activist protest. So just glue in your hand. Uh, <laughs> Melting Disney. You melt Walt Disney. You melted Walt Disney, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, you, then you have a little bit of respect for what you did. Unless Walt Disney just wakes the fuck up and he's just like crazy. Super Turns human. into Mickey Mouse or something. Yeah. That would that would be kind of he'd fit right in with the furry culture that he, would. he created. He helped create. <laughs> uh, supposedly, you can boil them and kill them. Says Wild Bill. So now we know. As you always have to have the kryptonite. Grades. And so when grades. we face the the uh, super army of Russian mutant tardigrades, we have to have boiling hot water okay. in our in our super soaker guns that we're going to kill them with. Oh, that should be easy. We'll just take water pistols and rely on climate boiling. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so climate change is the ultimate enemy to the tardigrades. Oh, we should make it our ally. <laughs> okay, Stella. You know, I want to show you something here. I'll show you this in the XR. If you have it, Do you have a few more minutes or do you need to run? Absolutely. No. <laughs> My people will be fine without me for a few minutes. I want to, I'm going to play some clips in the XR of Bibi Netanyahu talking about Israel, you might have seen this going around, talking about Israel being just a perfect testing ground for like for the entire plan. I mean, he's talking about his people like like they're, you know, they're in a lab and he's observing them. Like tardigrades. Um, 
uh, they're little tardigrades. And it's extraordinary. To, it's the whole reason I've never trusted Bibi Netanyahu. <laughs> it's every, it's this, this clip. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that for you. Uh, I never trust anyone with the initials Bibi. God, I don't either. <laughs> and the way he talks to his voice sounds like it's like he's like he lies about a lot. Of, just, I just don't trust the guy. I don't trust anybody who's in those positions, though. So that's my thing. And, and a lot of our things, I think. And I think it's wise not to trust people who have done one thing consistently only, and that is lie to the people who oh, they try. Yeah. And particularly, you know, if they've sort of like, I don't know, killed thousands of people, then yeah, I wouldn't and trust And forcefully them. given your country the jab. A lot of people forget that. Forcefully vaccinated mm-hmm. your country. Stella, thank you for the cool stuff that you brought. I really, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was awesome. Oh, and thank, thank you guys for hanging out in the chats and for commenting. And we're going to continue on Rockfin and the DMBXR. If you want to get access to that, you can subscribe at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. You can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there. If you want to help support the show in another way, you can go to whatever podcasting platform you listen on, whatever app you listen on, leave a five-star review. And a message that that warms my heart, that warms Stella's heart. I, I know for me, Sometimes you get overwhelmed and then you, you just read like a kind message and it's like you got you got a little you got a little you got the kind of fire back in you that the House of Representatives has in them to start funding foreign wars again once they get their new dick in charge. That's that's how I feel, except not for funding foreign wars, expose, exposing their corruption. And we're going to go on. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.